Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Welcome to the Ecosynthetics 2021 Third Quarter Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question and answer session. Instructions will be provided to you at the time for questions. If anyone has difficulty hearing the conference, you may press star zero for operator assistance at any time. Listeners are reminded that portions of today's discussion may contain forward-looking statements that reflect current views with respect to future events. Any such statements are subject to risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in forward-looking statements. For more information on ecosynthetics risks and, under and uncertainties related to these forward-looking statements, Please refer to the company's annual information form dated March 2, 2021, posted on CDAR. This morning's call is being recorded on Thursday, November 4, 2021, at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. I would now like to turn the call over to Mr. Jeff McDonald, Chief Executive Officer of Ecosynthetics. Please go ahead, sir. Thank you. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Yesterday afternoon, we released our 2021 third quarter results, which you can find on our website at ecosynthetics.com. You can also download a copy of the slides that accompany today's call from our website or alternatively access them on the webcast. The momentum we're building in the business continued in the quarter, which more than offset the macro level headwinds in the paper market. We expect this momentum will accelerate as we move into 2022 and beyond. Sales were up 57%, coming in at $4.7 million. Adjusted EBITDA loss improved to $100,000 in the quarter. Once again, in Q3, we posted positive cash from operating activities. During the quarter, we made significant progress with our two key strategic wood composites accounts. Swiss Chrono continues to demonstrate leadership in offering renewable, healthier products with good progress on two separate fronts. As a result, they increased their volumes during the third quarter. With the Beyond Particle Board launch, they are seeing increased interest and demand from their customers. At the same time, we're also seeing interest to expand the use of Durabind in OSB applications at new lines. This interest is primarily being driven by two factors, the pricing dynamics of alternative chemistries for OSB binders, as well as the reduced carbon footprint that Durabind offers. The improvements and innovation we've added to our original Durabind offering are helping to support this increased interest and demand. Our Tacifier and our Catalyst technologies that we introduced as part of our ongoing investment in development have increased the operating efficiency and the processability at the plant level. Based on commercial scale production runs at existing facilities, the operating rates with Durabind are now faster than even conventional urea formaldehyde binders. That is a major accomplishment in direct comparison to a chemistry that has been in the market for 50 plus years. 
The combination of attractive pricing relative to other chemistries in OSB, the improvements we offer to a manufacturer's carbon footprint, and the ability to increase a manufacturer's production capacity during a period of high demand is an attractive profile. Our opportunity set has expanded in wood composites during the past six months. These fundamentals are also driving increased interest from other wood composites manufacturers, specifically prospects that have engaged with us previously and run trials, but did not at the time move to commercial operations. Our investment to diversify beyond paper is beginning to show results. The multiple shots on goal commercialization strategy is working. Our other key strategic wood composites account continues to show great progress in their adoption of DuraBind. They are running regular production on one line for select product SKUs. This account has invested a great deal of time and capital over the last six years with us. It has been a long process, but we believe it's a meaningful account, not only to our top line growth, but as a thought leader in the market. We believe that success with them will encourage other manufacturers to evaluate alternative resins to conventional formaldehyde. Overall, we believe sales of DuraBind will continue to form an increasing proportion of our revenue in 2022. The market is moving to us. Our bio-based resins offer significant advantages over traditional binders. Consumers, retailers, and manufacturers are increasingly aware of what they use and the impact of their products and the supply chain on the environment. Our bio-based technology checks all the boxes, value, performance, and a more sustainable and healthier alternative to conventional petroleum-based binders. On the paper and paperboard side of the business, the macro picture remains mixed. The structural decline of demand for graphic paper continues. During Q3, we continued to see consolidation in the market, and this time it impacted one of our accounts, which fully exited from the North American graphic paper market. The annualized impact to our sales of losing that one mil is approximately $1.4 million, not insurmountable based on the growth we've experienced in the past 12 months but not insignificant either. On the positive side, the pricing dynamics of SB Latex are creating tailwinds for us. As both oil and SB Latex move higher, the value we're able to capture as a replacement for SB Latex and the substitution rates mills run with our EcoSphere binder continue to gain momentum. This positively impacted our sales volume and average price in the quarter. In the paperboard and packaging market, we are working on new opportunities in specialty applications like green sustainable packaging, tissue, and pulp. We consider these applications to be more niche markets that offer high value compared to the larger graphic paper market. We continue to invest in development for these end markets where the characteristics of our biopolymer are attractive to manufacturers. We believe our ecosphere solution will continue to be a standard ingredient for the paper manufacturers that use it, and it will remain foundational as part of their business. We will continue to invest in specialty applications that deliver value to manufacturers, but paper will not be the primary growth driver of the business relative to wood composites and personal care. On the personal care front, we continue our work with the global chemical company that is our development and marketing partner in personal care. We are developing both new hair fixative ingredients for them as well as new ingredients for other product lines in personal and home care. We expect these new ingredients and new customer formulations to be launched into a more receptive personal care market in 2022.
the hair fixative market on its own represents an approximately $350 million opportunity for our binder with strong margins. We believe the demand and interest in sustainable, healthier ingredients will be a continuing tailwind in the personal care category. Our partner continues to support the product launch with refreshed marketing strategies and materials and is working with distribution partners to support adoption. We view the personal care opportunity as a warrant to our growth. Our strongest growth opportunity remains the wood composites market. And with that, I'll turn it over to Rob to review the financials. Rob. Thanks, Jeff, and good morning. Net sales were $4.7 million in Q3 2021, up 57% compared to $3 million in the same period in 2020. The increase was due to higher volumes, which impacted sales by $1 million, or 34%, and higher average selling price, which impacted sales by $700,000, or 23%. As Jeff mentioned, the volume increase was driven by both the rebound in paper and higher volumes from the wood composites market as we advance our commercial strategies. The pricing increase was the result of higher market pricing for incumbent chemistries and some recovery of manufacturing cost escalations experienced year-to-date. Gross profit was $1.1 million in the quarter, up $700,000 compared to the same period in 2020. The improvement was due to higher volumes and higher average selling price, partially offset by higher manufacturing costs. Net of manufacturing depreciation Gross profit as a percentage of sales was 27.8% in the quarter, compared to 21.7% in the same period in 2020. Supply chain constraints on freight and raw materials supply has created operational challenges and higher manufacturing costs. However, the pricing dynamics of the petrol-based chemicals we compete with are creating pricing tailwinds for us allowing us to implement pricing actions to offset the cost escalations today and restore uh, our margin profile. SG&A expenses were $1.4 million in the quarter, an increase of $500,000 compared to the same period in 2020. The change is primarily due to $100,000 in lower payments received under the uh, Canadian Government Q's program, an increase of $100,000 in share-based compensation and $200,000 in variable-based compensation. R&D expenses were $500,000 in the quarter compared to $300,000 in the same period in 2020. The company's R&D efforts continue to focus on enhancing value for our existing products and expanding our addressable opportunities. Adjusted EBITDA loss was $100,000 in the quarter compared to a loss of 200,000 in the same period in 2020. As of September 30th, 2021, we had 40.8 million in cash compared to 42 million as of December 31, 2020. During the quarter, we invested 400,000 in NCIB share buybacks and 800,000 year to date. This represents the majority of the cash used in each period. We've demonstrated our ability to responsibly manage our cash reserves through multiple cycles while continuing to invest in our long-term growth strategy. With that, I'll turn it back to Jeff for closing comments. Thanks, Rob. The business has demonstrated tremendous resiliency since the initial downturn of the pandemic. 
Momentum is building in the broader market for more sustainable offerings, and we're seeing more interest in our platform as manufacturers and retailers search for ways to improve the sustainability profile of their supply chain networks. The level of urgency and the demand for alternatives that support carbon footprint reduction targets is driving a different tone in our inbound calls today. We are seeing continued momentum in both the recovery of paper and our progress with key strategic accounts in wood composites. We believe this momentum with wood composites is poised to accelerate as we enter 2022. Our first wood composites account is expanding the use of Durabine in each of the OSB and particle board verticals. Our long-standing key strategic account is running regular production using Durabind and placing new orders with us. Prospects that we have worked with before have re-engaged with us given the pricing dynamics of alternative chemistries in the market and the demand for carbon footprint reduction. The attributes of Durabind offer manufacturers value, performance, and a more sustainable and healthier alternative to conventional petroleum-based binders. That is a winning combination. We believe wood composites will continue to form an increasing proportion of our sales in 2022. We have the technology and the financial strength, and we're working with the right customers and partners to make a difference in our target markets. We appreciate the trust and the patience that our shareholders have shown, and I'll look forward to updating you further on our progress. With that, I'd like to turn it back over to the operator to open up the call for questions. Thank you. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We will now begin question and answer session. Should you have a question, please press star followed by the number one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request and your questions will be polled in the order they are received. Should you wish to decline from the polling process, please press star by the, followed by the number two. If you're using a speakerphone, please lift a handset before pressing any keys. One moment for your first question. Again, ladies and gentlemen, should you have any questions, please press star by the number one on your touchtone phone. Your first question comes from Daniel Mark from Stonehouse Capital. Please go ahead. Good morning, Jeff and Rob. Uh, well done. Good quarter. Good morning, Dan. Thanks. Thanks, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. Um, just to uh, start off um, with, uh, I guess, with a small one. I, I see in your your uh, slide presentation online and uh, and a comment you made, Jeff. You've you've referred to personal care and home care. Uh, it's the first time we've seen home care. Can you just uh, tell us what's behind that? Uh, yeah, that's actually been the case, Dan, since uh, we started our relationship with the large chemical company. The combined business that we have our agreements with is their home and personal care division. And, um, and yeah, I think the, the lion's share of the activity that we've had together has been on the personal care front and then within that specifically for hair fixatives. But we've also had some activity with the home care side of the business, which, which is an interesting one, too, and it's pursued a green ingredients. Um, the volumes are very interesting there as well. 
but um, these are these are much longer term developments to get something into you know things like dishwasher detergents and um, products like that. The the near term opportunity and what we're all most focused on is still hair fixatives and then step by step expanding from there. Okay, and you've you've for the first time given us some uh, uh, a bit of a target by saying uh, things begin in 2022. Are there specific opportunities that you uh, you have in a pipeline that you think are going to come out there, or is is that just a general you know feedback from your your global partner? I mean, re- relative to our visibility and and our our closeness to a market like wood composites, it's always going to be more general in the personal care space because we are um, one step removed. We're not the direct face to the market. So, um, I mean, we're taking a general view. Uh, from our partner and basically sharing the enthusiasm that they have. From time to time, we do get a glimpse into their pipeline, and certainly there's some interesting things on the go there um, that give them confidence and therefore us confidence. But I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't pin it on anyone in particular. It's been a really broad-based marketing effort that they've undertaken, and then they've also um, signed up a, a sub-distributor, which is a very significant company as well, in its ability to distribute to sort of the smaller, medium-sized, more far-flung geographies. Um, so that that investment has actually continued to ramp up, which we we think is a great sign. I mean, they've they've already refreshed some of their marketing materials, expanded some of their um, campaigns, both both them and their sub-distributor. So that's where that's where we're really taking our cues from. I would say to your question, it, it's always going to be a little bit more general uh, for us than the visibility and, and granularity we have uh, in, in wood or paper. Got it. And the the arrangement you have with uh, with that global partner is is one of with uh, with an exclusivity clause. As I recall, that is an annual renewal or something like that. Is 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 it assumed that? Uh, that that is going to be your partner and you're going to remain exclusive for the foreseeable future? Yeah, we don't want to give um, uh, granular details of what's contained in the agreement, but it is exclusive, and we've said that. Uh, we couldn't ask for a better partner, and um, it's it's definitely taken longer, I think, largely due to the pandemic, but um, for us to consider an alternative right now would be a really, really difficult choice. Um, that, they're just they're they're so good at what they do, and um, they're entrenched and invested in this. Um, we're we're comfortable to, you know, wait this out and continue to support them as new launches come to light. And I think you know when we when we look to 2022 with some optimism, um, like here in Ontario, we're expecting early in the new year that we go to phase four, and that's that's pretty much whatever this new normal is. That's that's pretty much normal, and I think um, that's kind of the, the level of normalcy that people are looking for um, to trigger new launches. Um, it's just it's a fact that um, companies have not been launching new products in this space into the market in, in, a, in a down market. So, um, yeah, we're optimistic because they are, and those are the signals that we're seeing. Okay. Uh, with respect to that, uh, Jeff, you, you, you've said a few times that, um, that your long-term goal is to be $100 million revenue uh, in three to five years, uh, just just being the math guy that I am, um, that implies that if, if you were to hit it in three years, you need to grow your revenues by about 17% a quarter. Um, obviously, I don't expect it to be a straight line, 17% every quarter. Uh, there's going to be some steps in there. Uh, can you just give us some flavor as to 
how we can expect your revenue to growth in the long run since we're looking at 2022 and beyond how how is that how should we expect to 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 forecast your revenues or or at least have some guess as to whether they're going to be you know going up smoothly in chunks in big chunks how how is that going to look for us i think well you you kind of described it pretty well Um, but you know as a small growth company um, there is some lumpiness in what we do we're focused on a, a smaller number of partners to do big things with them and they're doing big things, but I would say more in a stepwise fashion. Uh, we're not selling little widgets, and you know we can't project a ramp on a quarter over quarter over quarter basis. It's going to be stepwise changes. I think you saw uh, a meaningful one of those steps in Q2, which I would say we've you know we've largely sustained with some lumpiness in the background. We've largely sustained in Q3, which we view as a really good thing. Like we're up in both quarters 57% with a really impressive, I would say, change in the mix of our uh, revenues and our customer base within that, which is totally in line with our uh, our diversification strategy. So, I mean, we feel pretty good about that step, and we expect that, you know, we'll see similar steps uh, going forward as adoption, you know, continues to move on with both of our strategic wood accounts and then snowballs into accounts outside of them as well. But uh, for sure, don't expect a, don't expect a straight line trend with us uh, for a while. That's uh, that's going to take a, a basket of accounts that allow you to smooth it out a little bit more. Got it. What, one last question. Um, you talked about uh, the, uh, the, in particular, the pricing advantages as well as basically all the advantages um, in wood composites and, and, and OSB. Um, with PD, uh, PMDI prices being very high, obviously OSB gives you a great competitive advantage now, price advantage. What's involved for accounts to switch over? Like, is is there a big operational ordeal um, in both the particle board and the OSB markets? I, I understand they're different. What what's involved in getting getting accounts to switch? Is it a big deal? Um, I think, Operationally, I think the, yeah, I, I think the biggest deal um, in every case is just getting around the change program and, uh, and getting you know leadership and project leadership on side to drive the change ahead. That's that's by far the biggest thing. And then that can have a varying degree of dollars and timelines tied to it, depending on the vintage of the line, um, some of the options they may have already installed on the line or not in some cases. So um, operationally, you know, when we got started with Swiss Chrono in the first operation that we we're working on uh, with them, um, there, there wasn't a lot operationally that needed to change. A few small investments in equipment needed to handle our product. Um, I think by, by anyone's terms, it would be considered minor. Um, there are other lines where it could be several hundred thousand dollars or euros of change uh, to a- allow a change like this to happen. But I think the, the value proposition that we offer and the need for some of these companies to change to green solutions, that, you know, even when it's you know, that kind of magnitude, they're still looking through that as a, you know, a reasonable investment to uh, get to where they need to be. Um, our, I mean, I give you, without speaking too much uh, out of school here, our large strategic customer in wood composites, one of the things that happened in the last quarter was another meaningful investment on their part to be able to run our product more efficiently on their line. And as I've said in the past, you, you know, let's say in a quarter, 
you'll you'll undertake a long sustained run with a customer and you'll learn a bunch of stuff every time and I'll say like even when they're running with formaldehyde they're learning and improving all the time but um, for us specifically you'll get a long run you'll learn you'll analyze the data and you'll make some changes to your processing conditions but it also in some cases to the configuration of the line and um, and we had some of that happening in a very positive way um, just in, in the last quarter so um, those investments are continuing to be made. There's not one answer to your question. It could be zero, and I'll say it could be as much as a million dollars, let's say, if a, if a real overhaul was, was needed to align, um, and, and everything in between. Got it. Jeff, thanks very much. Thanks a lot, Dan. Ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, should you have a question, please press star followed by the number one. Your next question comes from Gary Weimer from Investor File. Please go ahead. Hi, Jeff. Uh, thanks for taking my call, and uh, congratulations on another good quarter. Thanks, Gary. Uh, got a couple questions. Um, you talked about your uh, your major strategic partner, unnamed partner in the wood composite business, and you talk about that you're on one line with them. Um, I guess. Um, is this uh, a continuous line, or is it small runs for different, uh, you know, for different product lines? Uh, could you just characterize what's happening on that one line? And at the same time, are you seeing any? Uh, and maybe this is too premature to talk about this, but any pressures from the strategic customer in terms of their own supply chain issues of of running continuous lines that would support your resin? Yeah, uh, good questions. So, um, first of all, the, the runs that we do with them are intermittent and uh, growing, uh, although they are intermittent, growing each time. And the program that's uh, laid out with them calls for, you know, increasing, increasingly long runs and over an increasing number of SKUs, um, which uh, it's, it's the logical way to approach it as an operational person. If I was in their chair, it's exactly the way I would do it. Um, so those, you know, even over the course of this year, those runs have continued to go longer, uh, more success out of them as a result of what I just said to, to Dan, uh, learning stuff and, and changing the line and processing conditions, and that gives everybody confidence to, to go longer. Um, but yeah, it's fair to characterize them still as intermittent but growing, and um, you know, growing to the point where I, I don't want it to sound like it's, it's niche and almost not at all. We did announce last quarter that they crossed a, a level of meaningfulness for us where we consider them a, a meaningful commercial account within our basket of customers. Um, yeah, to your other question, the, the supply chain world for us, and I think for just about everybody in any of the markets we touch, uh, has been a challenge and uh, is going to continue to be a challenge going forward. Um, I think we represent an interesting solution to the challenge in that we are able to continue to secure our raw materials and despite escalations in some of those raw material prices, uh, we do continue to be able to allow value relative to the more rapid escalation in oil-based products. So um, yeah, I, I mean, our supply chain people have had their challenges in getting product and getting it shipped on time. We have not missed the customer commitment, uh, and we're confident that we can continue to do that going forward. But uh, it certainly put pressure onto our customers' businesses, and for the most part, we would see that as a, as a positive thing. Um, 
anything tied to natural gas right now is, is a big challenge, and in particular in Europe. And so one of the paths from natural, natural gas is methanol, which then goes into formaldehyde. And the sourcing of formaldehyde resins, as well as the pricing of it, has, uh, has been a real challenge, which is obviously a positive for us. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're going to continue to manage our own challenges on the supply chain side to make sure we can uh, continue to grow on the back of these dynamics, which overall we see as pretty positive. Would you say that you had any feedback from your strategic uh, customer or Swiss Chrono um, suggesting there could be supply chain issues within their, within their uh, productions that could slow down um, the ramp up of what you are providing them? No, no, no. We, haven't seen, we haven't seen that at all. And uh, okay. I guess if, if there were on alternative resins, we would see that as a good thing to be able to help them uh, move even faster. Right. Well, fair enough. Okay. Um, moving on to the personal care market, and, and I understand being, you know, one party removed, it, it's harder to, uh, uh, you know, predict, uh, you know, market ramp of, of their products. Um, but you did say that you're providing new formulations or constantly providing new formulations or ingredients. Uh, is this for additional products or is this changes uh, to um, for, a formulation changes to some of their existing products that they want to roll out? Or is it formulations for a broader range of products that you're doing for them? So when we talk um, formulations, we're talking about what they do. And so they're constantly looking at combining different ingredients, including ours, into new formulations for their customers. We've been providing them with uh, an, an increasing set of ingredients with which to do that. Um, so if, if you want to think about it in simple terms, when we got started with them, we provided them, let's say, the vanilla ingredient for, um, uh, for hair fixatives. And since then, we've added a few more flavors because there are different hair fixatives out there. Think of like a gel versus a spray. Think about an opaque product versus a clear product. Um, we've managed to offer them a, a broader suite to satisfy all those kind of sensory needs that, um, that are just part of what personal care is. Um, and we've actually uh, begun to do that outside of just hair fixatives as well. We've, we've provided them some ingredients for other personal care items that um, we're hopeful could be the next the next parts of their pipeline. So it's not necessarily changes they needed to make, um, but it's more a broadering, uh, providing uh, solutions for a broader line of products down the road. Yeah, a full suite. So if you think about hair care, I, I think right now we probably have a, a set of solutions for them that satisfy all parts of um, the hair fixative requirements. Whereas we started with a vanilla, a very important big chunk, but it was just the vanilla part. Now I think we have probably a full set to satisfy that hair fixative space. Okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on to your your um, your historic business, the paper business. Uh, you, you mentioned some um, you know relationships in the past are, are reengaging with you. Be some of the pricing dynamic changes that they are feeling that makes your product even more attractive. Um, how quickly can they change? Do they have to go back and, yeah, I mean, changing production lines to include your product versus what they used prior? Isn't that a very long-term process? Um, and and so people reconnecting with you, is, uh, I mean, uh, realistically, how quickly could they 
you know, uh, choose your product and, and change over their line where they're actually, you know, going to be ordering commercial quantities. It really depends on um, what they've done historically with us. So if okay. they've qualified our product on a given line, the path could be very short. And actually, in the last quarter, we had a we had a good example of that. Um, we had a, a customer in an emerging market who had worked with our product previously, um, qualified it on a line, um, had a, a local source of SB latex that became very attractive from a pricing perspective, so we didn't do anything with them for a long period of time. When that uh, pricing dynamic shifted, um, they ordered our product and in very short order, with a little bit of help from our applications people, um, they had us on the line again and, and running very well. So if they've done that homework up front, it can be, you know, literally within a few days. Uh, if they haven't, I mean, the, the kind of rule of thumb average we have is it usually does take about 12 months to uh, get our product on a paper line and proven in, you know, the full range of grades that may be on that line. Okay, fair enough. Uh, move, moving on to the investor relations front, I, I uh, heard that uh, recently you were uh, um, asked to uh, present to, you know, I guess, investors or institutional clients from uh, a particular brokerage firm uh, who, uh, I guess, their analysts had looked at the, or, or is aware of your, your company, uh, um, maybe from a previous relationship. I just wondered um, how that went and what was the general feedback uh, from uh, some, of the, some of their accounts that uh, you had presented to. Uh, so the feedback uh, from the one you've uh, you've you've found out about uh, specifically has been um, been really positive. Um, it's hard for us to know whether there's been any direct buying behavior stimulated from that, but I would say at the very least we have uh, a new set of watchers looking at us. Um, but you know uh, you've picked out one, but we're we're on the the trail with investors uh, quite frequently, and. Um, I think especially in this environment, it's a it's a really fun story to tell and gets great reception. It resonates with people uh, right away. We'd, uh, we'd just like to continue to get that out there more broadly. Um, yeah, so it, you as, as an event, it was, uh, it was, I think, quite positive. Are you receiving more inbound inquiries from the investment community, say, today than you did a, a, a six months ago? Uh, I would say it's pretty sustained, maybe maybe up uh, maybe up a little bit, but I would say for the last year it's been pretty sustained uh, positive interest. Okay, and are you still planning to uh, present or engage uh, with other uh, uh, continue this process of engaging with the investment community as as, as things uh, develop in, in in the near term at least? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think. Uh, that, that's uh, part of what Rob and I uh, continue to invest our time in, um, and yeah, we'll continue to do that. I think we've got—I uh, mean, we've got a couple more opportunities like that coming up, okay. um, and we're going to keep doing it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, good quarter, and and thanks uh, for asking uh, for uh, providing answers to my questions. Oh, thanks for your interest, Jerry. There are no more further questions at this time. Jeff, please proceed. Thanks very much, and thanks everyone for joining us today, and look forward to talking to you again soon. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your conference call for today. We thank you for participating and ask that you please disconnect your lives.
Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.